When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Oh, look at that. I knew something about a punk band. Just some old fat drunk dudes jumping up and down. (laughs) This tree just planted itself right on top of the cement. I did watch a YouTube video today. My dad mashed potatoed of Chris Grava. Aaron doesn't know who Chris (laughs) Grava is. It's so good. That's great. Come do the intro tonight. Yeah. All right. You just did it. Did I? Yeah. All right. Well, uh, welcome back to the Punk Tree listeners. Um, This is Mike's co-host, Aaron, and I'm here with... Jesse. I'm also here. Jesse is my co-host, and I'm also here with... This is Mike. Mike is Jesse's co-host, so we've instituted a triangular... Trifecta. uh, No, because the trifecta indicates we're working together. This is a triangular chain of command. Triforce. Is it checks and balances? It's, yeah, but triangular. So everybody is answers to someone, but not the same person as anyone else. Which part of Congress am I in this trifecta? Triangular. Triangular. Oh, we were, oh, there's triangles? No. Okay, so we're just going to move on, listeners. That's as as much as you're going to know about our structure. The corporate structure of the punk tree. tree. Um, We want to be transparent, but not too transparent so right i i one thing before we get going into the music stuff um somehow some way someone decided that the punk tree was worthy of like being a business and having people advertise on our show and Uh so some of our listeners at the very beginning probably remember listening to some episodes and it was just us Mm-hmm. And now you hear some ads, sometimes for some things that are pretty cool, sometimes for some things that we're like, oh, okay. Um, I just wonder how you two feel. You know, it is 2023, it's a new year, and for the first time, the punk tree and all of our punk rockness um, is going to have to pay taxes this year. How do we feel about paying government taxes as the punk tree? You can have our pennies. I mean, we're not actually making enough to pay taxes, right? We're going to have to file taxes. Okay. Yeah. Give them some, Don't worry, uh, Aaron. I got it. It's pennies. <laughs> you, I mean, it's, it's literally pennies, right? Oh, you know, I think it's dollars, but, you know, it's not a lot of dollars. Okay. Anyway. Yeah. I mean, as long as we don't make enough to pay taxes, I think we can still be punk. We are not Well, yeah. I want to take us back to an episode a couple of episodes ago. Um, as we were doing our, our little talk, we, we kind of get into it at the beginning before we got into some music and, and the topic of the conversation. Jesse was really just fully hijacking the episode. Um, I don't know if you either of you remember this, but he was really you know, destroying the, the time. Spanish peanuts? With his, with, with his snack. Yeah. I stand by this japoneses. Okay. Well, I have a surprise... Um, for you, Jesse, for this episode. Okay. I happen to have some cacahuates aponesa that are the best I've ever had. All right. And so I think for our listeners... Uh, are they going to have to endure I some think they're going to have to endure your sampling of what I believe are the greatest peanuts I've ever tasted. All right. I, I'm looking forward to this for sure. But one thing that I'm going to be able to do this time, though, is I won't have them right up in a microphone. So... I've got a little different setup going here. We're actually, I don't think we've ever, this is a new venue for, for recording, is it the not? Punk tree. Have we, we've never, we've never set up microphones and recorded right here before. No, where are we, Jesse? This is a room that is in my parents' house, and it is where Mike currently lives. Because okay. his house is being renovated across the street. Yes. Okay, Jesse, you are now in the process of sampling these peanuts. 
Okay. Okay, the flavor is good. It's it's really distinctly um, uh, like chile limon. Like there's a real lime flavor going on there. Um, the crunch wasn't enough. Okay. It was a, it was a subtle crunch and then mostly mush. The thing about like the ones that are really well coated with that shell is mm-hmm. they just crunch. This is much more subtle than that. Mm-hmm. These a coworker of mine brought back from somewhere deep in Mexico from a pueblo, um, and the person was like hand making them in their house and selling them out front. And they bought so, several pounds of them and brought them back because they're so good. I am, I am really, really enjoying it for sure. The flavor's great, and that initial crack is nice. But what I like about the ones that I'm used to, which are probably honestly just like the ego version of waffles, like mm-hmm. that we're getting in grocery stores, right? Mm-hmm. Um, like I, I do like those, but th- this is this is clearly a superior product. Yeah, I, I I appreciate your take on the initial crack, and I respect that you really like an extended crack. Yeah, I, it's almost like there's something nice about wondering, like, oh, did I just crack my tooth? <laughs> Aaron, pretty I've good, got a right? Piece of, I got a piece of something in there. I think that could be a tooth. All right, we've got a special guest coming in. It's my mother. Uh, uh, she she feels bad. She's gonna. She's coming in though. Oh, nope, she uh, gave up. She she's coming so on, bad. Come she on just in. Turned around. We're all she's waiting throw for you now. She's getting a weapon, I think. Oh, I she's think probably, she's trying. Yeah, she's offering us beer. She's so. trying to give us beer. Yeah. Oh. Um, I figured that's, that's what she was doing. I didn't think she would mind. No, this no, is all right. So yeah. Now she's whispering. I think I think we should. Well, maybe let's just jump to that since we've got yeah, beer we got, in our hand. We got the drinks. Um, so we're currently drinking uh, sure. Infinite Patience. Yeah, we all had one. Yes. I think which is a mom. perfect beer that your mother would offer to people. Yeah, and she Infinite just Patience offered one to me, which I don't know if I've ever had a friend's mom offer me a beer before. Um, it's it's from Modern Times, uh, with Mosaic Strata, Mosaic and Strata hops. Carrie, what do you think of it? She likes it. Oh, and El Dorado. All right. If you're in the mood for an outstanding hazy IPA, you're reading the right can. Within it, dwell breathtaking notes of passion fruit, blueberry, and citrus over a backbone of delightful dankness courtesy of massive amounts of mosaic and strata hops. It's a testament to nearly a decade of IPA crafting experience and an extremely chill way to spend a few minutes of your time. Are, are those your own words to describe now, the beer, Jesse? Now, I want to say yes to you so badly, but in the text, there was an admission of being text on a can. So, I'm stuck here. Hmm. Mm-hmm. I, I want to say yes, but I also don't want to be a liar. I think Infinite Patience is a great name for a beer. Alright, so that's how it goes when your mom comes on your show. Aaron, um, you really look like you were going to say something. Man, you were deep I mean, right there. You were caught. You know, I really laughed. That was a real laugh. I don't really like courtesy laughing. Oh, do you, I don't even like, laugh at comedians unless they're really funny. Oh, dude, that's actually the last show I've been to. I didn't. The last the show, last show I, you went to was a comedy show. Okay, well, we're we're back into it, right? So yeah. we just we got a couple of episodes that came out this year. We, you know, I think our, our listeners probably know. I, I've had some construction. There's some really exciting things that are going to be here really soon, like. The Punk Tree Studio is almost done. Yeah. So part of the construction project that I'm, I'm doing is we're building a new studio uh, to record in. And so that's going to really help us get content out. That's been delayed. We've had some, some technology issues, but we're back. And it's really exciting. 
And so with that, we are hoping to put out episodes with some more regularity here. Yeah, and and with that regularity, we're going to hit some of our just regular bits that we like to to do. We're going to hit we're going to hit wise wisdoms from Aaron. Yes. Aaron just learned that there was going to be a wise wisdoms in, in this exact uh, moment. So we're going to need something, uh, need something, something good. really good. We'll probably play a little bit of shuffle game. See All if right. we can see if we can get some Creed songs going. Yeah, if you try hard enough, you can receive them. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> we uh, how about maybe um, name that genre? Name the yeah. genre. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. Let's do all those. Yeah, we're gonna do, do all those. We'll do We've all those also got some here. other things to talk about. Uh, so coming up here, a little bit about Aaron and I had a pretty oh, fantabulous good. night uh, awesome a couple nights time. ago, and so we'll talk about that. Oh I'll my god! I'll just put my mic down for a while. Yeah. <laughs> I'll be the listener. Um, I went to. I've been to a couple of really good shows uh, since we last uh, put an episode out. Um, and we've been listening to some good music, I bet. Mm-hmm. I hope. Do you want to start with that like we usually do? Nah. <laughs> <laughs> I haven't been listening to any good music, so. None at all? What? Nah. What have you been doing? I don't, I don't know. Let me think. All right, so I was listening to... Oh, you know what? I was listening to Aaron Sprinkle recently. So that was pretty good. Yeah, I, you were showing me some a little bit ago. Uh, yeah. I, I, um, there's so many bands that made albums with Aaron Sprinkle, um, albums that I have loved for 10, 20 years. What, what might, um, what might our listeners know him best from? What would you say? Um, to me, he produced stuff for like, uh, Emery and, and Berlin and a lot of those, like, those those third wave tooth and nail bands was like all Aaron Sprinkle. Now I am So Aaron, Aaron Sprinkle, like I said, he produced uh, a lot of music for those tooth nail bands, uh, like third wave stuff, which was a big part of what I listened to. <clears throat> Will you name first and second real quick? First wave was like, um, like MXPX, Supertones. Yeah, MXPX and Supertones. Supertones were almost even second, but yeah, but yes, MXPX. I mean, the guy with Supertones signed MXPX. Right? Isn't that how it went? No. Oh, man, I think that is how it went. Something know. like that. Anyway, okay, so, and then second wave was, like, maybe, like, Slick Shoes? Yep, that that stuff, Slick Shoes, Craig's brother. Uh-huh, okay. All that stuff. And then third was just everything that, that, that was Aaron, it was Aaron Sprinkle. Okay. It was basically Aaron Sprinkle, so. Cool. Like, he actually, Aaron Sprinkle actually produced Poconaccia by MXPX. The album Poconaccia? Yeah. That was Aaron Sprinkle. That was their first album. Yeah. Huh. The so, production's not great on that. Well, it was it was nineteen ninety. <laughs> I think it was in like a garage five? too. I think it was like a garage. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway. Okay. Cool. Um, but I mean, he also did like more of that third wave stuff, like Acceptance, Dead Poetic, May, Copeland. He even did the Control album for Peter the Lion. Huh. So really, so wow. a lot of a lot of good stuff from yeah. Aaron Sprinkle. But awesome, I recently went back and was listening to like some of his old stuff. He's been putting out stuff under his own name forever. Right, but right. I went and listened to some of the older stuff recently, and I liked it. But the fact that you can change the speed of sound, the rate of Yeah. What about you, Aaron? Um, so recently strung out, re-released, um, American Paradox, Exile and Oblivion, um, 
Blackhawks over Los Angeles and damn it, what was that fourth album? And it's okay if you don't remember. You've done pretty Is well. Like Abbey Road? Three. 75%. Element of Sonic Defiance. Oh, there you go. Um, you got it. <laughs> uh, but they re-released them on vinyl, which they had not released prior, and so I bought them. Um, and American Paradox is one that has kind of stuck out to me as I I recently um, received them. Um, so American Paradox is the one that's kind of stuck out to me. And there's one song in particular, The Kids, which I've listened to probably 50 times in the last month. Um, and it originally stuck out to me because the kind of rhyming scheme kind of seems to just flow very smoothly. And instead of sounding like four different lines to me, it sounds like one just long line. Is that a stanza? Sure. There you go. Is it a a quatrain? Uh, Could be. Yeah. Well, what are are the lines? Okay, so those lines go, spray paint begins to dry. The message soon becomes so obvious that this walking adolescent death trip is tired of doing time. This stuck out to me as I was like kind of listening to this and working on a cabinet that I was building over the winter break. Um, so I wasn't totally paying attention, but those four lines stuck out to me just because of how it sounded and flowed together. So I went back and looked um, through the lyrics and listened to the song a bunch of times, and it just resonated with me because it's very much about being on the side of the youth of the generation who. Uh, are finding it difficult to have a voice and make the changes that they want um, and really trying to work with them and uh, kind of spark, abandon- spark imagination to enact change. And uh, we've talked about being educators on this podcast quite a bit, and that's kind of like what I want to be as an educator, like someone that really changes things and doesn't just teach students how to, like, conform and get into the system but to be um part of the change that happens to fix all the broken shit in our system yeah i have a a a good friend um in the education world who wrote a book uh years ago um called hip-hop genius and it kind of it's like it's basically like lessons we can learn for like teaching kids from hip-hop culture um his name is Sam. You guys can check out the book if you want to go get it. Um, and he just re- like released a 2.0 of the book recently uh, with another friend of mine, uh, Mike Lipset. Um, <clears throat> and I, I feel like like we can learn all these things from hip hop. It's it's got its own thing, like how how it started, the idea of sampling, the idea of using and building upon stuff, some cultural things. I, I don't think it's totally dissimilar, but I, I wonder what like punk rock, punk rock ad or something would look like because I, we talked about the song a little bit the other night. Yeah, and I think I framed it to you in terms of like yeah, like we need to honor these things in in students and like walk alongside them as they transform the world that we all live in, or they're gonna do something like it anyway, either in spite of us or to spite us. Like a 12-step brainwash camp They make you think if you drop out You ain't got a chance to advance in life They try to make you pull your pants up Students fight the teachers and get took away in handcuffs And if that wasn't enough, then they expel you All your people's understanding, but to them You a failure, observation and participation My favorite teachers when they beat us in the head
within books, it don't reach us. Whether you break dance or rock sway to need us, or be in the bathroom with your click, smoking reefer, then you know they mad class. Ain't important unless you add enough cash and multiples. Unemployment ain't rewarding. They may as well teach us extortion. You either get paid or locked up. The principal is like a warden in the four years. Yeah, I think the education system right now is set up, like I said, just to push kids into conformity and fitting within the system, but uh what I've seen just in these couple of years that I have worked in education is that students have much more insightful ideas and uh, idea, like understanding of the world that adults tend to overlook and not think is important. And I think if we can harness those ideas, we can and um, build upon them, help them realize them and figure out how to get their vision of the world out there, uh, the education system could be a whole lot better. It's awesome. And uh, what you mentioned about if we don't give them an outlet to express that, um, they will figure out a way. And it's interesting because the last um, verse of the song is, we'll fill the seas with gasoline and shoot the sun right out the sky. The spark of our imagination will keep the hope from running dry. Um, And kind of the same thing. If you, if we don't give the youth the ability to see the changes they want, um, they're going to figure out a way to do it. And it might destroy some things before it actually, or. Yeah. I mean, it's like a thing of like, we either offer them our mind and our muscle to go come alongside them, or they're going to build like a build their monuments out of our bones. Yeah, right. That's an excellent way. <clears throat> like to they it. will build it with the remains of us, mm-hmm. uh, which I think in some ways is what we're all doing. The three teachers here sitting yeah. <laughs> on this podcast. I hope so. Awesome. Mike, what you been listening to? Um, I have been listening to, well, you know what I'll do instead? Um, I, I went to a show on my own, so maybe I'll take the chance to just mention that because I did listen to this a lot. Uh, <clears throat> I couldn't get either of these two guys to come with me. Uh, my mom surprised, uh, me and my sister for Christmas and got us tickets to Thrice's 20th anniversary Evolution of Safety show, uh, the tour. <clears throat> so I got to go to it. It was really, really good. Was this, was this different than the the not Vagrant? What was the label that did the thing? You went to that too. I went to Vagrant Twenty Five. <clears throat> that was a while ago. That was like that was like almost a year ago. I don't know if I ever talked about that. I don't remember that. No, I did. So I went to the Vagrant Twenty Fifth Anniversary show. I had like Get Up Kids and Alkaline Trio and Thrice and Dashboard, Dashboard. Confessional. Whoa. Yeah. That wasn't the really? anniversary. The anniversary performed. It was Hold like on. it was like an emo. Like big time emo show. Yeah, I did go to that. I, when I go by myself, sometimes we don't end up talking about it because you know. But recently, I went to Thrice's 20th anniversary of Illusion of Safety. They played the album in its entirety, and then they played like an entire second set of songs. I think they played like 25 songs or something crazy. Wow. Um, it was a show meant for Thrice fans from that era. And so they played nothing from Horizons East. Not even in the second set? No, they played nothing from Palms, I don't think. Um, To Be Everywhere? They played Hurricane from To Be Everywhere. That's the only song. It really was like, you know, a lot of... um, A lot of illusion. A couple of, like, artist songs. Um, and you mean like artists in the ambulance? Yeah, artists in the ambulance. They played a couple from Visu, and they played a bunch from all the EPs. 
Oh. Like they played like Fire Breather and oh. it was a very, very, for the most part, a very heavy Thrice show. Like they're like post hardcore. Yeah. Like life. The Alchemy Index was kind of like that dividing point. Yeah, and and they when they you talk about few, like the old like, the old fans and then either the ones that stuck around or like the new fans like yeah. that was like, like they played in exile that was probably one of the softer songs they played, um, but it was just uh, an extraordinarily produced um, show. Like the intent was to play these old songs and freaking rock. And it was very rehearsed, very polished version of them. Probably the most polished version of all these old songs. And and some of the songs in the album they had never played before live ever. And so it was kind of it was kind of fun. And it was it was like a sing along, you know. Like everybody there. It was really hard to get tickets, as you both know. Yeah, that's mm-hmm. you gave um, us a hard time about not being there. But oh yeah, I just didn't get couldn't yeah. get the tickets. I think that they played four nights in a row at House of Blues Anaheim. And they originally only had two. two. Right, and they and added two more. It sold out in like ten minutes in the pre-sale, and then they added two more shows, and those sold out within minutes. I think of when they yeah. posted it. So, which was cool. Like they deserve it. It was packed. Um, yeah, had a great time, and I wish you guys had been there with me. All right, so Aaron, what's your wise wisdoms, man? Yeah, like all of us have been, it's been a long time. I've already, I've had a backup one ready, like since I put Aaron on the spot. So we'll see what, we'll see what Aaron comes up with here. So set the context. This is a, an interview with Jello Biafra from the Dead Kennedys um, with psychedelicbabymag.com. That's the publication. Yes. Okay. Um, so, and they are talking about their latest album, Tea Party Revenge Porn. And that earlier in the excellent. interview, um, sorry, I'm giving you all this backstory, so I don't have to read too many quotes. So, in the beginning of the interview, they talk about supply chain and how it affected, like, delivery of uh, vinyl records and like physical copies of music. Um, and then this previous question, they were talking, or he was discussing why they cut down their latest album um, to the songs that it had. And uh, he explains that that's why two songs came out on a seven inch disc. Um, and those songs were Ghost of Vince Lombardi, or sorry, those two songs were, um, Selfies and Ghost of Vince Lombardi. Um, and then Jello goes on to say, and I'm wondering if the digital single of Blunder Blubber from those sessions that we put out digitally to celebrate the death of Rush Limbaugh should have actually been a seven inch two, but we wanted it straight after he died because having him off the planet, you know, he never did any good for anybody. The planet is better off without Rush Limbaugh, and so we couldn't gloat enough on that one and breath of a scream of relief. Double down. <laughs> yep. All in. So what's the wise wisdom? <laughs> if you had to put it into a, just a nugget. Um, being able to put a physical copy of music in someone's hand is good and goes against the... Uh, the, the, tr- the capitalist trend of consumer Of music. streaming. Yeah. Right. I, I hate streaming. But when a man like Rush Limbaugh dies and you have a song about him that celebrates the piece of shit that he is, you need to put that out there quick. And sometimes it involves complying with the capitalist system. Yeah. To quote 
the one of the wisest of all wise wisdoms. Clayton Bigsby. Look no further. Played by Dave Chappelle. Yeah. If you've got hate in your heart, mm-hmm. Jesse, let it out. Let it out. Let it out. If you have hate in your heart, let it out. And that and that was wise wisdoms. That's right. Well, I've got. I had a backup one, and I. You just want to say it? I'm just gonna let just you say it. It's like it's 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 in the room. Oh, okay. It's in the room. Uh-huh. Uh huh. You're probably already looking around, seeing yeah. your your choices. Uh huh. All right. So we've got. We've got some wall decals that are up in here as decorations. In, inspirational. In this inspirational wall decals. Uh-huh. They're, those are both good. Um, but fortunately, I'm going for the framed one. Uh-huh. I see it. I was, okay, it's so, right in front of me. So this is, this is a framed quote, and it's a quote from Judd Apatow, and it, it's on a, 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 a used brown paper Chipotle bag. Yes, it is. And this is framed. And Judd Apatow says, Don't be a jerk. Try to love everyone. Give more than you take. And do it despite the fact that you only really like about seven out of every 500 people. Perfect. That's it. Awesome. But what's the lesson in that, Jesse? It's, uh... It's a it's a it's a reasonable it's a reasonable way to live. I think not a surf can teach us the lesson about that. Great song, Judd Apatow is a great comedy pr- producer. So. I mean, who doesn't love a little Judd Apatow giving us some wide wis- wise wisdoms? Ooh, all right, now that wise wisdoms is over, it's time for some wide wisdoms. Mike? What? what? Wide wisdoms? I'm confused yep. now. Uh-huh. Um, wide wisdom this time is, if you need to turn your car sharply, drive in reverse. I, uh, I, I I was just spinning. I was spinning and drawing yeah. blanks. Were you trying to decide if I was right or not? Yeah, that was that was only. I mean, that that was part of it. Yeah. And I think it's right. Yeah. But also, it seems more likely that you'll just flip over if you're really going as fast as you can, and then I didn't you just say try that. to just cry. I did not say fucking. <laughs> smashed a treat in my face. <laughs> you fucking remember me, but I did not say fucking. <laughs> oh, I love I love comedy. <laughs> oh. All right. Well, <laughs> I think we should move on to uh, some shuffle game. All right. Uh, all right, let's do it. Here we go. We're getting it ready. Uh, Aaron, why don't you call out um, how many this time? Four. Are, are you down with that? Four. 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 All right. Four. I'm going to go first. All right. We'll go me, then Jesse, then Aaron. So you guys are ready. This is yeah, Mike. I'm ready. Here we go. I'm going to go one, two, three, four. Let's see what we got. I got, oh, interesting. I got Tiny Voices by, by Boxcar Box Race.
Yeah, I, I like Boxcar Racer. It was the first thing Tom DeLonge did when he left Blink-182, and it was, like, different than what he did after it. He just needed to get that one out. Yep. Yep. That was fun. All right, Jesse, you're up four All times. Right. One, two, three. Ooh, some lyrics. And four. Like You Mean It by Watashi Wa. talked about Watashi Wa, I think, on the show before. A little bit. Yeah, this song features Frito Boat, so just two just bands that were on, on that scene. Like, mm-hmm. from, I remember Frito Boat. Had they, their were, album. they were like right in that se- second wave. They were. They were They were like, they tried to hold on to pop punk, even though it was kind of fading a little bit. They, they did a little bit of ska. Frito Boat did, you're right. Yeah. You're right. Okay, anyways, uh, Aaron's turn. Invisible Scars by Breakdown of Sanity. listen to that song in like six years i think i on i didn't know that song i did not either tell us mm, something tell us something about that band um i honestly don't know much about that band oh sorry for putting on the spot stumped. then no it's it's fine it's one of those bands that like popped up in like a, a shuffle stream that i was listening to on one of the streaming capitalist service yeah, that you said you hate yeah uh-huh um and I was like, oh, this is good. And I checked them out, and I liked them, and I bought their album and listened to it for quite a bit for, I don't know, two or three years. Hit I hit shuffle a few more times. Oh, what'd you land on? <laughs> oh, fuck them all by Tupac. Nice. <laughs> nice. <laughs> Very nice, Jesse. That's the thing about this. You can just keep going. <clears throat> Yeah, you and could. you're gonna you land could. on some gems. There, I have, I have maybe mostly garbage in my library. You know what I mean? Like if I just play all of my songs, I end up skipping a lot, a lot, a lot. If I shuffle the whole library. Well, the next one after that one was um, "These Are Not My Pants." Oh, Five Iron Frenzy. One of our favorite bands, <clears throat> Five Iron Frenzy. Yeah. Now, here's one of the things that was always fun about Five Iron Frenzy to me is they had just the best songs, and the silliest songs. Oh, yeah. Yeah. They were all... Uh, but that was, it's that was almost intentional. A sh- it's almost a shame that they were more known 
for the silliest songs. Yeah. 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 But anyways, These Are Not My Pants is a prime example of silly. Yeah. Because they did, they did like six or seven different versions of These Are Not My Pants. Really? Yeah. Oh, yeah. I think it was maybe more. It was a lot. I mean, there's there's like there's the, like a hidden track right at the end of yeah, the song. Yeah. There's like there's, a there's like a Will Smith version. Now, obviously, it they're not ever going to say that they were sounding like Will Smith, but like the version sounds exactly like how Will Smith sounded at the time that the album mm-hmm, came out. Mm-hmm. Check one. Check. Uh. Yo, Bobby and Billy, you out there? What's up? Yo, me and Bobby, we was walking down the Yo, we didn't have nothing to We had our pants on But yo, these ain't my pants uh, I'll get them off now um, tight. There's like a like a real country version mm-hmm. Like There's like a real like Trying to be metal rock There's a version like that These are not my pants Whose pants are these anyway? These are not my pants. Like striper metal? Yes. Mm-hmm. And um, and all the songs are about this pair of pants not being my pants. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah. So you and you didn't know that <clears throat> Fire and Frenzy did something this I had no obnoxiously idea. silly? No. no. I mean, I knew they're like. That's what I remember from them because. Uh, the only thing I ever heard was like what they played at the youth group that I went to in high school was and in youth group they didn't play any of their good songs they played the silly songs a flowery song well, they probably played the, si- the silly dumb songs it was the same yeah. thing he said about Ryan K like a oh, year or two ago right. they yeah, only that played like sense. Sadie Hawkins dance yeah. and they didn't play any of the good stuff yeah that, that, yeah. that makes yeah. perfect sense I just wasted Ten seconds of your life. All right, so before we go, we said we were going to do um, one last one last, one last bit. bit. One last bit. One last bit. Uh, we, I think we only did this like once, maybe twice. It's fun to talk about a song or something okay. or, or a band or a, or a genre or a branch. And so, I mean, we could get branchy with the metaphor here, but really this is kind of a like... Name the name genre. Name that the genre. genre. Yeah. Yeah, but the th- it's not. It's not name the genre. Get it right or wrong. It's what do you call this? Why? I mean, where does this fit and how? Maybe for you. All right. So here's the song. So, I chose that song. Yeah. Um, what's that? It's a, it's a good choice. I, for this game, for this bit, it's a good choice. Because mm. I think that we often talk about Blink-182 as like the the creature that almost killed kind of pop punk, right? Like, yeah. like it was the thing that was like commercial pop punk. Yeah. Their, yeah. Br- their branch of the tree nearly, sure. nearly broke the tree. A- and I think that... For both the right and wrong reasons, probably they took the, they had these gaps and breakups and get back togethers and these projects that started because of that, right? And so mm-hmm. this is I think this is the first one. This yeah. is the first post Blink One Eight Two project by Mark Hoppus or Tom Dolan. What year? What year was it? This? Uh, yeah, I, I really don't know. Two thousand four. Earlier was it? It was like two thousand one, two thousand two. Okay. Dude, um, I, I was so not listening to Blink-182, actually, that I don't think I listened to Boxcar Racer when it first came out. Because I was like, I'm not really into Blink-182. Okay. So, oh, yeah. I so remember I, people saying, like, I gave no attention to Boxcar Racer. And I remember people saying, yeah, but those are the guys from Blink-182. And they're like, yeah. Don't you like them? I was why. like, I did like two or three years ago before they put out In Above the State. Right. And that just floored people because you're supposed to like them. So, what genre is this? Yeah, yeah. I'll get back to that. So, there's obviously some pop punk to that. I hear some. Um, one of my first thoughts was, you know, I, I knew it was right away because I know the album really well now, but 
um, I thought, oh, this sounds more like Angels and Airwaves um, than I remember it sounding like. And maybe part of it was, you know, we, we, we listen to it here on whatever speaker this is, so we're not listening on, like, hi-fi, yeah. like stereo. Um, but it sounded a little bit like Angels and Airwaves without all the delay, with all, all the <laughs> gadgetry, modulation, <laughs> reverb, delay, all the stuff. Um, it also, to me, felt like where s- there was, like, this kind of part of the pop-punk kind of world that was also kind of connected to this, like, almost, like, the music isn't reggae, but um, I'm thinking of like Sublime, and like Sublime had songs that were not reggae songs that were like kind of pop punkish songs. Yeah, um, it had a little bit of that, like Southern California baggy dickies, you know, baggy dicky shorts and Converse bro kind of kind of feel. All right, well I'm gonna. I'm going to push you and make you name the genre, but oh. it's better to... Yeah, yeah the details in talking through it are, are the important part, but you're going to have to name yeah. it. So I'm going to push you to, to give it a name. But Aaron, Aaron, what did you hear in there? Man. I mean, the first thing that popped in my head was pop punk, but it's not totally pop punk. Um, the the style's very much like Blink-182, so... Um, that's recognizable. Same drummer. Um, same that drummer. Was, that yeah. was obvious at the end of the song there. Oh, at the end of the oh, song, yeah. you're like, oh, <laughs> yeah, sure. Travis Barker. There he is. Um, but even the there, guitarist, there like how is. they play, is very much like um, Adam's song is from Enema of the State, right? It has a lot of that kind of feel to it. Uh, so, like, emo kind of popped in my head. Um, I mean, if I had, like, Right now, and we can workshop this more, but I'd call it like emo pop punk. Yeah, that's all right. What's your so Aaron's name is emo pop punk? Yeah, Travis Barker has a very signature thing he does to music. Mm. He does it to hip hop music, he does it to like Machine Gun Kelly, whatever you want to call that business. Um, I'm hesitant a little to name this because there is another arm or branch of punk rock with like. Uh, AFI, My Chemical Romance, some of those bands that use real drum cadency, like uh, I'm thinking like Black Parade, mm-hmm. that kind of like thing. Um, but I think that there's a cadence to what Travis Barker does that almost makes it feel a little bit marching-ish. Mm-hmm. And so I was gonna say uh, like pop punk emo marching band. Pop punk emo marching band. Okay. All right. There you go. Is that acceptable? There you go. What, would you, what would you call it? Box Car Racer is 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 pop punk emo marching band. Well, what do you what think? Do you, it yeah. Is? Why do you have to? to no, contribute no to I this? got to choose the song, and then you guys get put on the spot. I don't get to get put on the spot. You're on the spot now. I know. Okay, name it. I think I think I want to keep your. Um, marching band part because because I felt like that that was a, that was a helpful uh, adjective. It's a noun, but whatever. Okay, so I'm gonna keep that, but I, I'm, I'm also gonna keep emo. But I think I'm gonna say it's I'm gonna say it's like um, mid twenties marching band emo. Mid twenties. Yeah, yeah. You got to be in your mid twenties. You're not. It's not like teenage emo, like break breaking up songs. It's just slightly more mature. Slightly, ever so slightly. But okay. but that okay. but that slight difference matters. All right, that works. Boxcar racer. Awesome. All right, everybody. Awesome. Was it? <laughs> I mean, yeah. I like boxcar racer. Yeah. I like it more than I like Blink-182. I mean, we had mentioned them earlier in, in the... Yeah. Did we? Yeah, I think so. Yeah. Probably at one point. Yeah. All right, everybody. I think that's it. Yeah, we hit all the we hit all the, all the the classic bits for a punk All the nibbles. classic bits. It's just like saying bits a lot. Bits. <laughs> all right. Well, you thank like you for hanging speech. out with us. Uh, I'm Mike. This is Aaron and Jesse yeah. here at The Punk Tree. Thanks for stopping by. Uh, go check out other episodes. It's a bunch of stuff. If you're kind of new to the show, I know we've switched platforms a little bit. 
we got a couple of, of new audiences maybe coming oh. through. So, is there a specific episode we should point them at? Oh, the third one. All right, Aaron says go to episode three. Jesse says you can't think of what it is. Just name a number. Oh, I have no idea. Uh, Thirteen. Okay, and I'm gonna say listen to episode seven. I have no idea what that is, but go enjoy. Um, check out the links in our uh, notes here in the show notes. Got links to drinks. Got links to music sometimes, some swag from us. Um, and as always, our, our sponsor these days, Tiesta T. Go check them out. If you want to order from them online, you can put in our code PUNKTREE15. And you get 15% off your order of... Tea. Loose leaf tea. Delicious loose leaf tea. Live loose. All right. Uh, we want to thank uh, all of our friends at Pantheon. We're a member of the Pantheon podcast family. Um, and we will uh, catch up with you all soon. Be excellent to each other. It's NFL draft season, and that means it's time to start thinking about fantasy football. FantasyPoints.com features industry-leading experts and prognosticators using proprietary hand-charted data to help you score more fantasy points. FantasyPoints.com is the place to go for whatever kind of fantasy football you play. Whether you play fantasy football, daily fantasy sports, or do a little bit of everything, Fantasy Points has the meticulously researched content to guide you to victory. And why wait for the fall? Fantasy Points also covers the new spring football league, the UFL. Join the guru, John Hansen, Scott Barrett, Joe Dolan, and other massive names in the fantasy football universe with an exclusive offer. Use code Pantheon for 15% off any Fantasy Points package, including the all-in package, with access to every article, tool, and data nugget that Fantasy Points has to offer. That's FantasyPoints.com and code Pantheon for 15% off at Fantasy Points. FantasyPoints.com, code Pantheon. Score more Fantasy Points.